0: Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk, or anywhere you get your podcast today. We got a great episode for you. Not only are we diving into... A very, um, I think, realistic theory I have on Matt Canada and his chances of still being fired by the Pittsburgh Steelers. We got some words on Cam Hayward and a, a special interview, an exclusive look at Steelers. I guess now he's a second-year guy. Calvin Austin coming to talk to us, hang out with all Steelers talk. Very excited about that. It was a it was a great time. Calvin Austin's a great dude, let me tell you. I don't know if Absolutely. anybody has any qualms about him, but my God, like he might be my favorite person in the locker room. After talking to him the other day.
1: Yeah, if if you don't like Calvin Austin, I don't know what's wrong with you, but you know, listen to that that interview and you will see. He's a very genuine guy, gives everyone his time um generously, and he's just he's fun to talk to too. So it was it was a lot of fun to talk to him. I was really happy that we were able to do that. Yeah, it was a great way to kick off the
0: 2023. Like I said, we'll have that right in the middle of the episode. Very excited about it. As for us, it's cold, it's miserable here in Pittsburgh. We are approaching winter. Which kinda of stinks because it's the end of February or the middle of February already or January. January. Sorry. Yeah, we're getting there.
1: How you feeling, my friend? Good. Um, feeling good. Uh lots of we feel like we're on the edge of stuff like actually happening, you know, like we're all just kinda feels like something's coming, but you know, we're we're just kinda waiting for that to happen. So there's a little bit of tension, I think.
0: Yeah, there's attention's a good word. I think their attention is a good word. And I think that's a perfect way to get this conversation kicking because I have a theory about Matt Canada. He's still in Pittsburgh. Last report was from Marco Boli on Friday, who said, or Thursday, maybe that said that he's in the building. He's here. Doesn't know what that means. Do you think that he's uh do you think that he's here to stay? I, I I'll let you know. I uh I think the surprise
1: news is coming in the next couple of days here. So I, I've kind of, I've always maintained a, a Matt Canada is staying posture, not necessarily because I think he's a fantastic offensive coordinator or anything, but more just the situation. Yeah. I think the timing of what he did this season and how he did it, I think he, he, I think he bought himself a little bit more time. And I think just the way the Steelers behave, that's, that's how it's going to end up. But I'm keeping, keeping my, keeping an open mind while maintaining a a Matt Canada stays posture, I guess. So I get that. and I think that I'm on the same boat. I
0: believe that there's a part of me that says Matt Canada is here to stay, at least for another season. I don't know how deserved it is, but it's what the Steelers, it's what the Steelers have to say about it. I will say this. There was a countdown. Everybody started pointing out the four days. I think me and you talked about it. The four days of Randy Feekner, before he was fired, when he was fired. We're now well over four days. But no action's happening yet in the NFL. You know, like we're we're looking at this situation and we're just saying, okay, well, all these guys are already fired. All these guys are on the open market. Maybe the Steelers aren't going to do anything because everybody else already has. Well, Mike Tomlin made it very known in his press conference. He said it straight up. We are going to move slower than most teams in the league. Okay, that's okay. You're still going to hit a point where it's kind of like over the ledge and you're like, okay, you know, we've waited too long. Nothing's going to happen. The Steelers are going to make a move, are are going to stick with Matt Canada. But at the same time, they haven't said that they're going to stick with Matt Canada. And I think that's significant. And I think it's significant because I think the first wave of interviews happens on Tuesday, like real in-person interviews happen on Tuesday. I don't think the Steelers want to be involved there. I think they want to see what happens and then play it by year from there. So I could see Matt Canada's job being gone Wednesday, Thursday after that first wave kind of settles guys get jobs elsewhere and then they see, okay, well look at everybody's gone. There's nobody worth grabbing right now. We're keeping Matt Canada or they'll say, okay, all these guys are still available. We still got some big names. Our top targets are still on the board. Matt's gone. That's my thought there.
1: I, yeah, I, kind of i really agree with that um like there are still a bunch of other shoes that have to drop before the steelers kind of have a full array of candidates to to choose from like cliff kingsbury hasn't been fired yet right
0: he has cliff kingsbury oh he has okay yeah because flora has interviewed
1: for the job oh that's right that's right that's right well still there's there's like a bunch of other kind of dominoes that have to fall before the steelers kind of know who's actually within range and who who's not um like I know yep. the Eagles can the, the, both Eagles coordinators are both, they've already interviewed for, for big jobs and they've still yep. got uh, like, you know, probably a long playoff run ahead of them. Like there are, yeah. there are lots of people who need to kind of figure out who need to still finish this season, figure out what then before they figure out what they're doing next season. So I, I completely buy that. Um, I think that's a good move by the Steelers to kind of play it slow. Um, Cause I, you know, whether fans like it or not, they've got something to fall back on um, yeah. or someone to fall back on. um, And you don't kind of want to burn a bridge before you actually know what you're going to get into um, before you find your next bridge, I guess.
0: Exactly. That's that's my thought here is the Steelers are not going to overreact to anything because, like you said, like, like we started this conversation, Matt Canada bought himself time. Is that time a week? Maybe. But it's enough time for the Steelers to say we have to have a plan in place moving forward before were willing to get rid of Matt Canada because they're not by no means they follow a process you know when it came to Randy Feekner they got rid of Randy Feekner because they knew Matt Canada was the next guy they're not going to get rid of Matt Canada and say okay well we'll just go test the waters and see who's out there and figure out our next step from there no they're going to have a plan in place they're going to have a list of candidates and they probably already do have a list of candidates but they're going to have a list of guys that they say okay He's first, he's second, he's third. They've all done things already. We're still moving very slowly. Let's see who gets a job this week. We'll move on from there. And and also, like you said, there's guys that are still in season. Like there's a whole playoffs yet to be played. And a lot of those guys on those teams are going to start interviewing and having bigger opportunities after the season ends, after their season ends. And the Steelers could take advantage of that. So I just think it's way too early to start freaking out about Matt Canada because, like, and yeah, me and you have like to a degree freaked out about Matt Canada, Freaked out about Mac Canada, <laughs> but like, I think that the Steelers are going to take it so slow that they're going to make everybody just live on that suspense line for as long as humanly possible. But if it was up to me, I, I mean, if you had to take, if, if I had to make a bet right now, I'm saying that Matt Canada's job is maybe 30% safe heading into week two of the off season and after Tuesday, that'll adjust accordingly.
1: Yeah. That that makes sense. Um I I feel like it's I, I lean a little bit more that it's like more safe now versus after Tuesday. Um well I guess I could see I, I see your argument, yeah. Um it's uh it, it is I, I agree it is a it's a smart move by the Steelers. I you know, it's the prudent move. Um yeah, and Matt Cannon just wasn't bad enough, I think, for you to just no. completely jump ship right away. Um, This wasn't like, I don't know. I feel like if he was really that bad, they would have ditched him during the season. Um, Yeah. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't have waited this long. So they like, do you think they're comfortable going into next season with, with Matt Canada as their offensive coordinator for another year? Or do you think they are, that's kind of the last resort? I think it, I don't think it's last resort, but I think that
0: comfortable is a tough word because I think they're comfortable enough to say we need to have somebody, I think the thing is, where is their bar? That's the, that's the important question. Is like their bar is probably proven guy. You know what I'm saying? Like not a risk. I feel like Matt Canada was a risk coming into the league. He had no offensive coordinator like experience in the NFL. You know, they, they really just took a flanker on this guy and said, Hey, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? We feel like it's gonna, I feel like their next one's like, we're pretty positive. This guy's going to work out in the NFL yeah. and we're going to grab that guy. Maybe that's a Frank Reich or maybe that's a Cliff Kingsbury or maybe that's a quarterback's coach somewhere. But I think that their bar is like, we already are pretty certain that this guy's going to work. And if there's one of those guys available, I would say, then they don't feel comfortable with Matt Canada. But if there's none of them, then they'll look at it and say, well, you know, Matt Canada Didn't do well, but we finished nine and eight and the offense looked okay at the end of the season. So at least we know like the floor, where the floor is, at least they know where the floor is, you know, and they're not going to go below that. And they don't want to go below that. You know, there's, there's all those, there's a lot of nonsense about like you, you keep Matt Canada to protect Kenny Pickett. No, you keep Matt Canada because you don't want the offense's floor to drop and you understand where it is with Matt Canada. So you're going to either go higher or you're going to stay the same and I think that's the Steelers' philosophy.
1: Yeah. They're not just like to the to the point about, you know, Matt Canada didn't make it wasn't bad enough for you to jump ship immediately. Like they're not just going to reach for a guy. You know, they don't just need a a filler at this position. They want to make sure they're getting a guaranteed upgrade over Matt Canada and that is not that is not a guarantee. You know, that's not just you can yeah. grab a dude off the street and get someone better than Matt Canada. You've got to actually make a move. Yeah, exactly.
0: Matt Canada is the filler. You know, they they if they're going to keep a filler, it's going to be Matt Canada. No doubt. Uh, The other big news that has come upon the Pittsburgh Steelers in the last couple of days. And we're not talking about Deontay Johnson. Thank God. (laughs) Although Calvin Austin talks about that. And I I was cracking up. when Calvin Austin talked about that. Um, Cam Hayward has been dropping some uh, cryptic tweets, but we pretty much know exactly what's going on here. He talked about possibly retiring a couple of days ago. Didn't really seem like real into it. He was like, yeah, I still want to play. It's just a matter of my family. Am I able to play at a high level? Understandable. He said after the game, he didn't know if the Steelers want him back. Mike Tomlin said, shut up. That's stupid. (laughs) And then he comes in and he's dropping some cryptic tweets. He, uh, He dropped this one on Thursday, Friday or something. God's writing my story. Just need to put the pen to paper. And then he went on and said, respect for those guys. But man, seems like a lot of goalposts move to make arguments these days. I get, I guess, back to the lab. The second one I would say is about the all-pro team. He got snubbed from the all-pro team um, in replace of Dexter Lawrence, Quinnen Williams, Chris Jones, and Jeffrey Simmons. I think when you add up the stats, the only one that he really blew away was Jeffrey Simmons, and you could definitely make a strong argument for Cam there, but the rest of them I think had pretty good arguments to make the all-pro team. Do you look at this as just like a – for one, does it shut down all the retirement talks, and two – you know do you just do you think that cam is on track to be 34 years old and have one ridiculous season
1: yeah you know you can't really predict anything going into a guy's 34 year old season um but damn he had a pretty good 33 year old season um i do think so we talked a little bit about this before we got on and just like comparing him to i mean everyone's every old guy who is considering retirement or not is going to get compared to tom brady so we kind of fell into that trap too or at least i did Brady seems like a guy who is just playing to play, and Cam does not seem like that guy to me at all. Um, if he is going to play, he wants to be able to do it at a high level. This is not a hobby for him. This is his profession, his craft, um, all of those things, and he wants to be able to do it really, really well if he's going to do it at all. Um, so that's kind of going to be his next step, I guess, is in this offseason talking to his coaches, his trainers, um, his whoever about. Look, is it possible for me to because he had a this was like a resurgent season for him. This was not like 10 and a half sacks. I, I can't remember the last time he did that. He had then 10 he last
0: to... season, but, but, but besides that, it was like four years before right. his second double sack season or double yeah, digit double sack digit. season.
1: Right. So. It's it's not as simple as okay, I can come back and do this again, or I'm just happy to kind of be back and you yeah. know be a part of this this team or whatever and just play football. Like I, I get the sense from Cam that it is about his like it's just like I said, if he's gonna do it, he wants to do it at a high level. Um yeah. and if he can't, if he doesn't think he can do that, then he'll not, he'll call it quits. But yeah, I don't think he's there yet. I mean, I feel like I don't know this defense is good enough that he won't have to be like a focal point of like protection schemes and stuff like that um seems like the team is on an upward trend he'll have something to really compete for next season there's a lot of reasons why I think he he will be back and why you know I don't put a whole lot of stock into retirement talk
0: yeah me too i I just look at this and I'm go cam is pissed off like cam is he he he's sick of being snubbed I remember a couple of years ago I don't remember if it was last year not this past season but the season before that But I asked Cam, I said, you know, TJ's getting it was it was the year before the season, because I asked him, I said, you know, TJ's getting all this defensive player of the year talk. It's already like pretty much in the bag for him. Do you ever think maybe you should be in that conversation as well? And at that point, like he had another 10 sack season. The dude was dominating the NFL. It was ridiculous. And people were talking about how he's the second best defensive tackle outside Aaron Aaron Donald at the time. And he was like, yeah, I, I do think I should be in that conversation. I should always be in that conversation. He's like, but I'll never be in that conversation. And I think he's said a point where like, you know, like it's like everything. Like you do something well enough for long enough and you don't get the respect that you're due, you're going to be pissed off about it. And I think Cam gets a lot of respect. But do I think Cam gets the respect that he's due? No, not a chance. I don't think he's ever gotten that respect. I think Cam, everybody's already looked at Cam or always looked at Cam as, yeah, he's like really good. But is he a Hall of Famer? I don't know. Is he an All Pro? I don't know. Yeah, he is. He is an All Pro. He is. He should be in the Hall of Fame one day. The dude has been the heart and soul of the Pittsburgh Steelers defense for twelve years now, or something, and nothing's changed. Like it's not like you know, TJ Watts come, Minka Fitzpatrick's come. I get it. The Steelers still rely on Cam Hayward as much as anybody to lead that team, and I think he's you know thirty four years old. It's just like the LeBron stuff. Like the LeBron has turned into such a menace in the last two years because. And I think everybody gives LeBron his flowers and he's just looking for more flowers for some reason. But he's taken it personally of like, I'm not the undefined greatest of all time. I'm pretty pissed off about it. I think Cam's just like, okay, well, this is getting ridiculous. I deserve these accolades and I'm not getting them. And I, th- right. I think, like I said, he's pissed off.
1: Right. and it, To me, it seems like the level of defensive line talent in this in football in general, quite honestly, yeah. is like skyrocketed over the past, we can call it a decade. So you do kind of have, you do kind of understand, like there's a lot of people competing for not a lot. Um And just like the fact that Aaron Donald like exists, like he takes up, he has such so much gravity. Um When you talk about like the great defensive lineman in this league, but Cam's been right up there with him. Um Cam's, Kim's doing a lot of the same things, getting double teamed, leading good defenses. Um, don't think he's, he's quite Aaron Donald, but he's, he's in a similar kind of, he, he deserves a similar kind of respect just as someone who's done it for so long and done it yeah. at such a high level. Um, yeah. I, yeah, he seems, he does seem pissed off. I absolutely agree. Pissed off. And
0: when it comes to the Aaron Donald thing, like it's like the TJ Watt thing for a couple of seasons. Like you looked at, a lot of guys. You compared T.J. Watt to Aaron Donald, and you were like, "Yeah, all right." Well, like Aaron Donald is a generational talent, but you're still allowed to have like amazing guys after that. And I think people kind of get that faded, and they're just like, "Well, he's not Aaron Donald." It's like well, nobody's Aaron Donald. Like yeah. nobody possibly ever will ever be Aaron Donald again, except for Aaron Donald. So yeah. there's allowed to be tears underneath that, and I think he's looking for that, and I think he gets passed up because people try to compare those two all the time, and it's just like you can't you can't do that. Like you have to you have to acknowledge everybody in the league for who they are. And Cam Hayward is a thirty-three year old freak with double right. digits of
1: sacks. Easy. Right. And and being good at football is not a zero sum game. You know, just no. because one guy is good at football doesn't mean that other guys can't be. We get into this like in sports in general, we just get yeah. into this like we fall into this trap all the time of like, Well, this guy's really good. It means that if someone's yeah. not on his level, then they're not good at all. And that's, you know, that's a that, pretty stupid way to think of it. Yeah,
0: that's not that you can't you can't go look at sports like that. But we do all the time. Like you said, Steelers Nation, we are super excited to kick off our 2023 interview list with, I think, the best player that we could possibly have on here. Somebody that everybody was excited to see heading into training camp lit up the fields in Latrobe. We were both there. Couldn't get enough of this guy at St. Vincent College. Um, a guy that players, coaches, and fans have all highly anticipated already in 2023. And again, I don't think there's anybody better to kick off this, this 2023 campaign than Calvin Austin. Calvin, what's, up, what's, what's going up? on, my man? Thank you so much for jumping on with us.
2: What's up, y'all? Glad to be here. Glad to talk to y'all, for
0: sure. So what's, this, uh, what's the first week or two of the offseason look like for you? You just said that you're, you're chilling in the lounge. You're having a good time. How long do you hang out in Pittsburgh for?
2: Yeah, so I'm probably gonna be here the rest of the month, maybe even uh, maybe even a little longer just to really finish my where really finish my rehab up and you know, um they do great with me because they uh they, they like um really really just want me to do whatever is comfortable for me, if that's going somewhere else and getting some treatment and stuff, but you know, they do such a, a good job here that I just kinda wanna stay just wanna stay around and um finish up my, my rehab here.
0: Is that, is that how close you are? Are you about a month out of being totally cleared from everything?
2: Um, I would say it's probably in that, you know, month and a half to two-month range. But, you know, um, with this injury, though, it really um, depends on the person and how that person heals because, it, you know, it takes some bigger guys longer, you know, um, just because of the, um, the, the, the the type of injury it is. So with, with, with my pro- progress, though, I've been feeling great. And honestly – I didn't think at this point already that I would be, you know, um, running on a treadmill and stuff like that. So I'm like really excited and just my spirits are high. Nice, that's
1: good. Up. I mean, it's been a long, been a long rehab process. I guess having to sit out the whole season. You know, is there anyone that you had to kind of lean on or got close to in the organization while you were kind of recovering, recovering from that injury?
2: Um, I would say that's one of the like big positives and like things i like most love about this organization is like just the team itself like um i think all the older guys just really all the guys kind of knew that you know um i had big expectations for myself and you know they um saw what i could do during camp too so you know we're a team so they obviously wanted to see me get out there and play but um they all i kind of think knew that i'm young and i really want to get out there and that this is probably going to be hard because I am a rookie, you know, and I haven't even got a chance to play. So it's like all the guys would just, no matter who it was, come and talk to me from Mitch to Alex, um, Cam, Kenny, you know, everybody, you know, that's what made it, I think, so much easier that no matter, like, every week guys checking up on me. (laughs) How much longer you in the boot? How much longer you on the scooter? How much longer you on crutch? So it's like, even from the coaches too. So it's like, makes you feel very involved and that they truly care. And um, that's just what makes me want to work even more harder to get to come back.
0: I don't know if you pay attention much to the interviews, especially late in the season, but your name was probably dropped by every single player and coach that, that talked about how excited they were to get you on the field in 2023. I think every fan, feels the same way i mean me and you have had conversations about being a little guy playing big how excited you are about the rookie class what did you see from from those guys this year what did you see from guys like kenny uh connor even on the defensive side of the ball guys like demarvin and mark
2: um honestly i saw what i guess you could say like that i saw during rookie minicamp and like just from because in rookie minicamp obviously it's just us, us us rookies up here so like we all got really close and bonded even throughout otas we got close just because you know after each practice we're going in studying trying to learn the plays and stuff like that so like we were spending basically like every single day together and just from talking to just from talking to them and just watching them and like practicing with them and stuff i knew that this class was going to be special just because we had that that mindset and you know obviously you don't know obviously we have hadn't played it's going to be different you know playing 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 in the league and stuff so you can't just say for sure but you know I'm a big believer in your mind is super powerful so just from talking to them I knew that they had a mindset that they wanted to like work and be great and you know make this class something special not just for this one year but for years down and like you know, so it was great seeing them um, just just continue to improve throughout the season, more importantly, because, I mean, I, I would say all the rookies, I, like from Connor, Mark, um, DeMarvin, Jalen, you know, obviously Kenny at the beginning of the year, um, it wasn't too many reps there and available, you know, but um, they just continued to practice hard um, just to stay locked in. And when the opportunity came, each one of them made um just made it you know what I'm saying so that would allow Jalen to continue to get more carries Um Connor continue to get in there and obviously you know Marv had a um versus the Ravens he actually had that big big role of you know, we got all the D linemen out there because you know what they're gonna do so you know um then Mark obviously getting in there toward the end it's it just shows you that um we all have that mindset to work and that's why it's it was really tough seeing them out there, you know, but it, it made, made me happy, but it was tough knowing that I couldn't be out there with them because we um came in together. So it would have been kind of cool to um finish it out with them. But, you know, that's why I'm working hard this year so I can be able to take the field the next year.
1: So even though you weren't on the field, do you kind of feel a special connection between this rookie class and all these young guys who came in?
2: Oh, yeah, most definitely. And like, um you know, we had rookies meeting throughout the year and I mean, I'm in all of the. I'm in all the meetings, team meetings, special teams, um, going out to practice, and I'm obviously in the facility every day, too. So, like, we still talking every day, you know, hang, hanging out after practice and stuff like that. So um, our player personnel guy, um, Daryl Young, uh, D.Y. used to play for the, uh, for the Redskins, well, the commanders, I mean. Um, he told us at the beginning when we first got there, he was like, um, your rookie class is, like, what makes the – it what like makes the team almost you know he was just saying he told us about last year how important the roles Najee and Pad and Kendrick how important their role was And he was like you may not see it right now but you guys sitting in here y'all are going to be the ones that you know make the team go and so um, it was just really cool seeing all that come into fruition and um, that just made us really uh, understand that We are a part of this organization and and, and this organization's history. And it's up to us, you know, to really lock in and just make the most of it.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. And I think that as crazy as it sounds, like, like you just talked about how important the crazy are the rookie classes. But if you guys think about your group, the offense, you remove Derek, Derek Watt mason cole is the oldest guy in that room at 26 years old that's yeah Wait, right? really i did yeah. not even
2: man so we super young i didn't even know
0: super that. young i know and that's that's what's wild so do you do you have any plans this offseason to kind of continue that or you said the other day that you got invited down to florida with Deontay. do you have plans to meet up with him kenny throughout the offseason george any of those guys
2: yeah, so we I'm gonna be seeing a lot of go those guys like me and GP. I'm gonna be be with him a little bit, Deontay, and then obviously at some point um we're gonna be with Kenny and you know, even if Kenny's in Jersey, that's not far from up here either. So we've all talked about it, he was just and everybody was just like, we're gonna get on the same page and throughout just to continue to you know what I'm saying, just build just to build mm-hmm. on that because Coach Tomlin said like um you can't expect unique outcomes and you and not do unique things throughout so you know it it would be kind of um you know you how how can you expect to have a great offense a great chemistry if you go three months without even you know seeing and talking to someone like this is this is a uh, to to make those obviously to get those to get to the spot where you want to be at you got to do things that are a little different from 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 the norm so yeah all of us guys have talked about um, in, in in whatever city that is, you know, getting together and just continuing to, uh, whether that's just um, hanging out or whether that's working out, you know, just continuing to build on that, um, just that chemistry we
1: get. So when you get together with those guys, how much will you be able to actually do just with the injury and all? You know, have you been cleared to do some contact or maybe some one-on-one stuff, or are you still doing individual things?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be clear now because I'm still doing, you know, I'm at the point right now where um the most important part and just like getting that strengthen it's strengthening my leg back up to get it back even with with my other one since I was off it for so long so um it's really about getting that strengthened back up and then um I would say like I said, after that like you know one and a half two month range is where I could you know begin to if we go out and do to do some things really be able to um you know just kind of find my way in slowly but surely get in there so when we do start back at it as a um, team it's not like my first time catching and running routes and stuff like that so there'll definitely be time um where i think i'll have to be able to you know like you asked um do some routes and maybe some one-on-ones and stuff like that
0: so uh my last one is kind of a two-parter i I don't i'm trying real hard not to bring any negativity into the podcast scene so we'll 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 go to Kenny Pickett. So I was joking with Mason Cole at the end of the season. He kept saying that Kenny's pretty much like a grandpa already. Like he's an older dude, (laughs) came into the league. Um, He lives in the suburbs. You know what I mean? Like he's not living it up like a rookie quarterback. Is that true? And then uh, Deontay has been the face of Twitter the last 72 hours over some complete (laughs) nonsense about – uh, yeah, you're smiling because I know you see seen the cr-
2: <laughs> no, cryptic tweet, a that cryptic
0: they, tweet. That is the most basic tweet of all time. So is the wide receiver tweet true? Do you guys get a handbook as you walk into the NFL? And can you just tell Steelers fans who Deontay is? Because we both know that he's just a true blooded leader.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, about Deontay, that's so funny because I saw a post under it <laughs> that was like, you know, the quarterback is going to tweet and say, you know, like, good team, win. <laughs> yeah. And the receiver, the running back going to be like, keep working, the receiver has this cryptic tweet. I'm like, yeah. That's yeah. kind of <laughs> accurate, though, because it's crazy because whenever I – I don't know. I remember back in college, I was I had tweeted some things a couple times, and I think it really is a it is a receiver thing because like you got to know Deontay. Like it ain't that was, when I first saw it I saw it, <laughs> it was getting like a like like people really looking into it. I was oh, yeah. like, oh, nah, like that's not it at all. But it's just he was just you know you know I I know what he's thinking. Um, he a com- he he a competitor, and um, we all have expectations for ourselves that are really probably like way higher than anyone else's. And if you sometimes tell the people, it probably sound crazy to them. So, you know, I can – I haven't really – I haven't talked to him about it, but I already know what that's coming from. That's a competitive – that that's just a competitor's um, attitude. He wasn't satisfied with how his personal season went. So all he's saying is he going to work to – be to um to to be better and you know just from Deontay and how he works that's all he that's all he gonna do and so it it, it was it was funny looking at that because I was like I know some people were probably reading into it (laughs) but you know us 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 receivers got to be a little different you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's very true I've gotten about 10 text messages my reply every time is he's a wide receiver he's (laughs) He's a a wide receiver
2: that's the only thing you got to say (laughs) because if someone knows football and knows knows receivers they already know we got to be a little extra it's only exactly. right <laughs> exactly right yeah
1: i've i follow enough like receivers on instagram and stuff like it's not just song lyrics anymore they're like it's it's, <laughs> it's a bunch of different stuff way man.
2: deeper than, way deeper than the surface
1: <laughs> you talked about that kind of competitive mentality deontay has and it seems like the the team as a whole kind of showed it down the stretch and and mike tomlin even said at the end of the season that he felt like this was a team on the rise um, and that you guys were playing your best ball right, right. As the season ended, you know, I know you weren't on the field, but could you see that too? And does it kind of raise your expectations for what this group can do next year?
2: Uh, Yeah, most definitely. And then, you know, obviously with coach Tomlin, you're going to always feel like you always in it because just what, just his approach and his demeanor and how he leads us. Um, you, you, you're never going to be out of it with him. And so, I, I could definitely tell because just from being in the team meetings in the morning, you know, I would be like, yeah, we definitely winning this week. Like, I'm just thinking about that in my head. I'm like, looking at this. I'm like, yeah, we win this week. Just from how the guys were in the locker room, you could almost tell that they like they almost knew them. They, you, you could almost just like feel the energy kind of rising, you know, and you could mm-hmm. just feel that everybody was better understanding their role. And it was just like a. A confidence that no one really said, but like people were just like going around knowing that whatever team we got this week, we are um, beating them. Like we just gonna everybody gonna do their individual job, and we gonna beat them. And you know, and like I feel like Coach Tomlin did a great job in just like instilling that confidence in us that like we were always prepared and showing us that if at any time we did lose or make a mistake or something like that, or something go our way, that nine times. Out, nine times out of ten, it was us standing, standing in our own way, and it wasn't nothing that they were doing. And it was things that we talked about in the week that we knew were coming, and it was just things that we just wasn't, we, we just weren't executing early on. And you know, once we obviously once we got that together and stuff, I, that's why I felt like that confidence came, and everybody was like, once we do our, once, once we know our role and do it, and you know, and just trust the other person to do their job. That those wins were coming. And I think that's why we were able to just continually stack them because we just had that mindset.
0: That, uh, that confidence seems to be all over the locker room with every player, every coach. And I, like I said, at the beginning of this, I think everybody is more than excited to see you on the field this summer. Uh, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you jumping on with us. Uh, like I said, you know, everybody is thrilled. Cannot wait for June. Uh, I know it's January and it's pouring <laughs> rain outside for some yeah. reason, but uh you Know we're looking forward to
2: Latrobe. Thanks again, man. I appreciate I, you. I got a quick question though. When yeah, yeah. does this when does the when does the cold kind of go away, or is it or, <laughs> or, or, or are we in it for the, the long haul?
0: This is the warmest winter I've experienced. In really? Okay, yeah. okay, oh that's, yeah, that,
2: that's what I've been told, but I didn't know if it was the no. truth. Or not. Yeah, yeah, no, this is awesome. Let me this tell you this is awesome. Okay, okay, yeah.
1: you'll get a random like. 60 degree day sprinkled in in february or something but other than that you you might have to wait until like may that 60 degree
0: day is also going to be sprinkled in with like seven feet of snow, so, seven
1: feet
2: yeah. of snow. See, that's what i was that's the real one i was worried about yeah like, yeah yeah no
0: it's don't coming. coming don't worry yeah. it's coming it, it teases okay, you a little bit and then it and then it just smacks you right in the mouth <laughs> that's, <laughs> right there. that's when
1: you got to go uh, that's when you got to go meet up with deontay in florida just that's make when sure when i go
0: you, to
2: florida i guess yeah 100 <laughs> yeah, no no. percent
0: Awesome, man. Thank you so much again for jumping on. We appreciate you. Everybody, Calvin Austin.
2: Appreciate y'all. Good talking to you.
0: All right, guys, we're heading out of here. Calvin, I hope you're watching. We can never thank you enough for this. The best way, in my opinion, to kick off the 2023 campaign. This offseason is going to be a great one, but I don't know. After hearing that, after, after hearing him talk just a little bit, I am so overexcited about what the Steelers bring to the table next season, especially at the wide receiver position and what he's able to do in these next couple of months and just i don't know man when you got energy like that you uh it's infectious it's definitely infectious
1: at the very least we'll have a great guy to talk to in the locker room next season um and <laughs> we're obviously really excited about what Calvin can do on the field um he'll add like a dimension that I don't think the Steelers had a ton last year a little bit of speed a mm-hmm. little bit of like versatility um so i'm i'm really excited for everything that Calvin's going to bring to to this organization next year no doubt. Thank you guys again for jumping
0: on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Check us out anywhere you get your podcast and check out all of mine and Steven's work at allsteelers.com. We'll be back on Wednesday. Peace.